0: Hi, Hi, everybody. Welcome. 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 Hi, Katie. Hi, Monique. Hi, Shari. Hi, Linda, Jasmine, Heather, Kathy, Katie, Linda. Let me know where you guys are all from. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to, we are going to go over the three secrets to potty training, any child with autism. Hello from Utah, Shari. Where are you guys from? I want tonight to be interactive. I love, you know, we did, a, um, I did this about a month ago and I really love the interaction and I want to create even more interaction. I want to hear from all of you. Hi, Ariel from Texas. Bermuda, ooh. Who wouldn't want to be in Bermuda in January around here? Linda from Ohio, California, Connecticut, Kentucky, the United Kingdom. I love it. Renee from North Carolina, Shay from Jersey, Delma. Hi, everybody. All right. So now that you've told me where you're all from, welcome to Potty Power Hour. It's going to be uh, the three secrets to potty training any child with autism. If you don't have a child with autism and you need potty training, you're in the right place too. So welcome. Welcome, Lanise from New York. Shay, awesome. 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 Oh, here we go. Viv from New Jersey. Chanel, Renee, Monique. Awesome. Welcome, everybody. My name is Michelle. I'm an autism mom and life coach, if you didn't know who I was. And I run a program called the Champions for Our Children Masterclass. And we uh handle we basically help parents with anything autism related and uh, the biggest problem that every everybody comes to me to solve is potty training. So we're going to talk a lot about potty training tonight. I'm going to show you the exact steps that I get to help my parents to uh, conquer to get potty training done. I'm going to give you that tonight. Hi, Katie from Mississippi. Hi, Kathy from Iowa. Okay, so here's some housekeeping rules. Number one, I'm going to keep the chat open all night. I want to be interactive with you guys as as possible. If you have any questions, you can uh, put it in the Q&A. If you put it in the chat, when people talk, I'll lose it. But if it goes in the q and I'll always see it. So make sure that if you have any questions, you're going to put them in the Q&A. Chat's just more for like some general engagement. At the end, we're going to do two things. We're going to, anyone who stays live tonight, everyone who shows up live tonight, you're going to get a special gift. It is the last page of my Potty Pocket Guide. It's our toilet training collection uh, data sheet, which I forgot to put on my desk, but I will get it right now for you guys. And this will allow you to track your toilet training data, which is right here. And you're going to have this in PDF format sent to you as long as you're live on the workshop tonight. And if you stay until Q&A, we are going to wrap up one private 20-minute session with Ma to uh, help you get, get started on your potty progress. So you want to stick around for that. Okay, other than that, I think we'll just dive right in. I have some slides, uh, but I want to keep it as interactive as possible. So you guys just keep shouting out where you're from. I want to know how old your babies are. Give me all the details, boy, girl, names, all that stuff. You got Kathy from Iowa, Katie from Mississippi. Love it. Safa from Seattle. Oh, one more thing. If you want to be coached tonight, I'm going to be. We're going to go through the presentation, and once we start Q and I'm going to do some coaching. If you want to be coached, you're going to raise your little your little uh, virtual hand. So if you go on the bottom, there's like a raise hand button. You're going to raise your hand if you want to be coached tonight, and I will be bringing you up on stage to be coached. You are going to have good internet. You're going to be in a quiet place with no distractions. And uh, we're going to be able to see your beautiful face and hear you clearly. All right. Perfect. All right. We're getting We're getting going here. We got Barb. We got a four year old. We got Kylie, who's three, Nasser, who's four, nine year old grandson. We have tons of grandmas in the program. Nothing beats a balls to the wall grandma. That's what I always say. All right. Let's get cracking here. I'm going to go share my screen. Let me know. Can you see it, uh, Jen? And Jen is here. Jen is my assistant. Hi, Jen. Can you see my screen? Yes. All right. So let's get cracking. So we are going to talk tonight about the three secrets to potty train any child. I'm going to open the chat here so I can see you guys and see what you guys are saying. I want to hear all about your potty woes and and, and, and woos and ahs because I am here to solve them all. Okay. You are in the right place tonight if you have a child with autism or suspect autism and they need to potty train. They are mild, moderate, or severe on the spectrum. They are pre-verbal or verbal. You're in the right place tonight if your child fits any and all of the above. <clears throat> they have multiple diagnoses. If your child has multiple diagnoses, you're in the right place. You're in the right place if you've tried and failed many times. We're going to talk all about all about the, the tries and quits tonight. And you are in the right place if you have a child or an adult child from ages 2 to 30-plus years that is in diapers and you want them potty trained. So I made this net super wide because I wanted it to include pretty much anybody. So if you have a child that does not use the toilet and you want them to start using it, no matter where they fall on the spectrum, whether they talk or they don't talk, I got you covered and yes, you're in the right place. We're gonna help you to potty train. And by the end of this presentation, you'll know how to potty train your child. You'll feel confident that this can be done. You will get your life back. Wouldn't that be amazing to get the time back that it takes to change this child and keep this child clean? You'll be able to uh, be the ultimate educator and feel confident. You can teach your child anything. And we're going to give a special gift to those who stay at the end. And not only will potty training be possible by the end of tonight, it's going to feel easy and fun. All right. So why is potty training so important? And here's the, here's my philosophy. I believe potty training is one of a, uh, three skills that every child on the spectrum needs, no matter where they fall on the spectrum, no matter how severe their autism symptoms present, if they get these three skills, their quality of life, their chance of the life of independent increases, gr- increases greatly. Okay. The first skill they need is they need to be able to communicate. The second skill is they have to not have problem behaviors or, or minimal problem behaviors so they can sit and attend and learn at school. And the third is why we're all here tonight. They have to potty train. So if they're not potty trained, they can't have an independent life. It affects everything. So if we can't get that done, well, then that's going to affect everything. That's why we're here tonight. And that's what I'm going to help you solve. Okay, this is a picture of me and my beautiful daughter, Juliana. This was the first day of school. You see, we have girl power here. Uh, if you did not know our story, my name is Michelle. I'm an autism mom and life coach. This is my daughter, Juliana. She was diagnosed on the spectrum one month after her second birthday. And um, I watched her go from a child that was happy, chatty, um, just solely engaged to completely quiet, drooling all the time, lost eye contact, had some language and lost that too. And, um, I remember even this time when she was about 13 months old, I'd said to my mother, I'm like, where did my happy baby go? It seems like she's just pissed off all the time. There's nothing I could do for her. Um, um, family was telling me that they thought something was wrong, but I was like, oh, you know what, uh, maybe she's just taking her own time. Even though the, uh, signs were so obvious and it was there for me, I, I, I still, I just, I was in denial. I couldn't believe that something was wrong with her. Tell me if the, anybody can relate to this. If they felt this way, when they had a child that was progressing, that was hitting all their milestones and then they stopped. And then I, I started making excuses for what I saw and I thought that maybe, Maybe this, you know, maybe she's just taking her own time and she's going to catch up. Yep. Ariel said, yes. And then um, finally, at about 20 months, I had another family member come in from out of town. She's like, wow, she's awfully quiet. Like, why isn't she talking? And I was just like, oh, now it's another person saying it. Not somebody that's been in my ear all the time. This is somebody that came out of town. So I finally called early intervention in. And they said, listen, you know, at that point, I think she was about 20 months old. She was too young to diagnose, but she was definitely behind. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, diagnosed with what? And I was in such denial about the whole thing, because I'm thinking in my head, why wouldn't you say something's wrong with her? Because you just want the billable hours, right? So I'm thinking, like, we opened Pandora's box. Now we can't close it. I don't think anything's wrong with her. I don't think they they spent enough time with her. And I was just, like, so when the services started, I was just so against it. I was just not playing ball with it at all. I still believed that she was going to develop. Um, she was going to catch up, and she was going to be fine. In the meantime, while all this was happening, I had um, enrolled her into a nursery school program. And we went for orientation day. I'll never forget this because I was very pregnant with my son. I was about eight months pregnant with my son when she started um, this nursery school. And at first everything seemed fine. She seemed like all the other kids. And then I started to see the differences where they would all kind of parallel play and they're actually playing with the toys and putting the puzzles together. My daughter's just dumping out bins and just twisting things in her arms. Next thing you know, she starts hysterical crying out of nowhere. I didn't know what to do. I start, it started to become obvious now to me without anybody saying a word that she was different. And it was the first time I was just like, okay, maybe something is going on here. And long story short, um, within a week of starting that school, I got the call that when I drop her off, she never stops crying. Um, she's disrupting the class. She's not listening. And then, um, You know, it's still. I was still willful in denial. I remember there was a a Halloween parade, and I was the only parent that had to come because she would never listen. She would never cooperate. She'd be crying a lot, and I had to like hide behind her in the 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 class picture because I was just so embarrassed. I felt like she's being picked on. Honestly, I was even though all of these signs, and I was still like willful denial about what was going on for her. And then it was just like, oh my god, you know, like. I just still didn't want to believe that something was wrong. And then something happened, you know, my son was born and then, and then she had to go for her two-year-old visit. And I'll never forget when early intervention came in over the summer, they said, listen, if she doesn't get any better, call us back in and we'll diagnose, we'll get you diagnosed. And I didn't even know what he diagnosed with. I had no idea what he meant by that. And I was like, I'm never calling you. And then I go to her two-year-old appointment and I'm talking to her doctor. And I said, you know, everyone's saying she's behind, but look at her, right? She's not behind. Still thinking, I mean, I'm going to have to, at this point, she almost got kicked out of nursery school. I got to pick her up. I got to drop her off late, pick her up early. So she doesn't disrupt the class. And he's like, well, is she using 20 words with intent? And I said, no. And he's like, well, she's definitely behind. And it was just kind of like a knife, you know, a knife to my heart when he said that. And for whatever reason, when he said that I woke up and I remember calling that guy, I swore I'd never call back into my home again. And she was diagnosed on the spectrum a week later. And, you know, for a while there, you know, I was really devastated. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know shit about autism. All I knew about it at that time was uh, Rain Man, a movie in the eighties about this guy that was institutionalized and he couldn't live on his own. So that's what I'm thinking we're about to experience. I'm thinking her life's over and my life's over too. And I just, you know, I was just devastated. And I remember thinking, you know, one night, you know as I was putting the babies to bed, I was worried about my son. Cause if you have one child with it, you're likely to have another. And I remember just putting my son to bed that night and I, you know, and I'm looking in the mirror and I said, shit, you know, I'm going to die one day and who's going to care for her when I'm gone. And there's something about that thought that just kind of snapped me out of my, my funk. And I said, I got to get to work here, whether or not she lands, I don't know where she's going to land, but I can't stay here. I have to show up. My commitment to her as her mother, when I was holding her in the arm, my arms in the hospital is now more important than ever. Because she, I I, I, got to do this or nobody else is going to do it for her like like her mother. And I knew like, I'm a God-fearing woman. And if we all stand in front of the gates of heaven and God's playing back my life real, I don't want him to watch me with my head in the couch cushion for months and months and months or years. And I just said, I can't do it. And I had no idea by having that thought, that scary thought that changed my course, it would lead to a life where she is now thriving. She went from the most restrictive special education classroom, a 614. She was she uh, learned sign language. She potty trained with a sign. She started making sounds, uh, repeating things, scripting, then started to communicate. And she went from the most restrictive classroom, a 614, to where she is today. She is in her second year in a general education class, fifth grade with minimal supports. And she is going to live an independent life. And I had no idea that that was possible. But if it's possible for my baby, it's possible for your baby. And I had to get out of my own way. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight because once I got out of my own way, it was like, let's go. I'm just going to show up. And I hadn't, you know, it's funny. I showed up not for her, but for me. I want to know that I did everything I could that if I left this earth tomorrow, I said I gave it everything I got while I was here. And that's what I want you guys feeling like too um, after tonight. Okay. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Yes, everyone's saying, Oh, wow, awesome, amazing. She's really amazing. She's gonna live an independent life. I'm so excited for her. I want this, I want everyone to believe that this is possible for for their babies too. Okay? All right, so here's Niecy. Now, Nisi's a grandma in our program. And this is a hysterical story. She's one of my masterclasses. She came to me, she has custody of her grandson. He's four years old, and she needed him potty trained. And he was resistant to all the efforts that she had made. We put a protocol in place and we P trained him within a couple of weeks. Then it took about another month to get a poop train, And in between then, Nisi sends me this email. I'll never forget. It was hysterical. She was really angry at me. And she said, you know what? I, 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 I'm I struggling so bad. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. I, I don't think I can do this. And, and da, 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 da. she was like ready to quit. And I get Niecy on the phone. I said, what's going on? He was doing so good. And then we just kind of talked through it. And then we figured out like it was just hysterical. He was one of these poop holders and he held his poop until Monday. And then he pooped poop at school and he deliberately do that. So he didn't have to poop at home with her. It was hysterical. So once we realized, I'm like, keep him home on Friday, keep him home on Monday. And that was it. We got him. And I just, we laugh at this because she was so angry with me. She was ready to quit the program. And it was just a shift of like, Hey, you know, like what happens with you guys is that when you're potty training, you're kind of like in the mental mud, you're in the field. I can see things from like a drone view. So sometimes you get so in the, in, in, in you're, you're so in the thick of it, that you just don't know what to do, and you're just flabbergasted, and you don't know what the next steps are. But well, I can see it so much clearer than you. And this is what's going to take reps in your life. If you want to show up for your child like that, we've got to be able to take take a space back and see what's working, see what needs the tweaking. And we tweak and test until we get the result we came for. And that's exactly what happened for me. See, it's hysterical. We both laughed. At it. I said, I'm going to read your letter one day in one of these webinars. And she laughed, like, I deserve that. I was a total asshole. And I said, I agree. And by the way, I cursed. So if your cursing bothers you, I might not be your coach, but we're gonna have fun tonight regardless. Okay, uh let's see here. Hi everyone, my nephew is down syndrome, is nonverbal, is so smart, he's seven years old and his mom, my brother's wife, passed away in January. So I'm all the he- so I'll need all the help of pie training. Welcome. We have children with multiple diagnoses in the program, Down syndrome being one of them. So I believe my methods work for all children. So you're definitely in the right place. And speaking of seven-year-olds, this is Mary. She's one of my first clients. Her son was seven when we first worked together. He was pre-verbal and in diapers. And with two, within two weeks of working with me, he was fully potty trained. And within a month, he said, mama, for the first time. Why couldn't this be your baby? Do you see what I'm saying? This could be your baby and your baby and your baby. I say it like that because it's so possible. I, I, we just need the skills. We just need the tips, the, 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 the strength, the ability. And if we have that, we can, we can really hit the ground running. So before we get into the program, I always have to do my disclaimer, and that is this information and all information in my workshops are not intended to serve as a substitute for a consultation with a medical or behavioral professional. Only qualified professionals who know and work with this child on an ongoing basis can adequately assess and supervise the child's program. I always recommend using a board-certified behavior analyst on a child or client's team. This is especially important if the child's in danger of hurting themselves or others. So full disclosure, I am not a doctor. I am just a badass mom who does not stop till she gets what she comes for. And I've used that to help thousands of children with potty training, hundreds of families in the masterclass, but I'm not a doctor. So make sure you run anything I advise you by a doctor. Okay. All right. So now I want to know, let's get interactive here. What have you tried to potty train your child? I want you to put in the chat. What have you tried to potty train your child? So, Sarah Weber, five-year-old, nonverbal, pees in the bathroom, perfect, wears underwear, perfect, the whole pool pool, till I offer him a diaper. He squats and poos and sits on the toilet. We then open it and plop the poop in the toilet. You are in the right place. We're going to talk about that. So, throwing Cheerios in the potty, that's what Chanel did. I haven't tried anything. I've been researching. Welcome, Jennifer. Let's get going. Jennifer, let's know if he has the signs. Are potty readiness signs? Is he waking up dry from naps or or, or sleep time? Doesn't have to be consistently, but sometimes. Does he take a dirty diaper off? Does she tell you when she needs to be changed? I'm a doctor, so we're good over here. All right, great. I love to hear it. Good to go over here. All right, amazing. Oh, you did a potty watch. You've done books. Renee says, let's watch videos while on the potty. Um, Alicia says she tries every hour and goes bottomless. I love it. I used to do waist down commando style. Putting them on the potty every 15 minutes using sweets as the reward. Wearing underwear. I'm sitting on the potty using his iPad. Potty chart. See, you guys have tried a lot of stuff. My two-and-a-half-year-old pees in the morning. It's just between hours. Has worn underwear. Haven't tried to pie train yet. You're in the right spot. Potty watch. Timers books. My daughter lives to flush, so she is willing to go pee. That's right. Just ordered potty watch. You know, here's the thing, guys. I always say that if a child can work an iPad, they can flush a toilet. Okay? I love it. All right. Awesome. So you guys have tried a lot of things to potty train your child and I'm here to help you to get to the finish line. Okay. So here is potty secret number one. So potty secret number one to potty training your child is to know that all children on the spectrum, no matter how severe their autism symptoms present, can potty train. Let's say that again. All children on the spectrum, no matter how severe their autism symptoms pre- pre- present, they can potty train. You just need two things. Number one, they have to have a parent who believes in them and themselves. And number two, your child has to have the desire to go. So these are two major components. And as long as you have these, doesn't matter where the child falls in the spectrum. We've potty trained children as, as young as two years to adults, at uh, 31 and counting. I'm looking for my 40 year old, looking for my 35 year old, right? At the end of the day, if I have these two things, I am potty unstoppable. Okay. And this is, uh, my daughter, Juliana, and this is a, a great story of how consistency and commitment made pie train happen for us. So with Juliana, peeing was, we got that, that on lock first. Pooping was the challenge. And we had some parents in here already talk about like, my daughter or my son will pee on the potty, but they ask her a pull up for poop. Well, Juliana was kind of the same way. And at one point we had her completely pee trained, but for whatever reason, every Saturday morning, and she wasn't a regular pooper, she pooped maybe twice a week, but every Saturday morning without fail, she would poop in the safety swim pool. That was her swim instructor at the time. And she would poop in this pool. And when she did this, there were other kids in there getting their lessons. So everyone had to get out. They had to shut the pool for two hours. And, of course, it's in the middle of winter. It had to be like February. I'll never forget this. And everyone who was there for their lessons had to have their lessons cut off early. The, the, the company had to call anybody who was coming in for the next uh, couple of hours to cancel their lessons because the pool was closed. And the first week she did it, and I didn't think any of it. Because I'm like, oh, this happens to us. So I've seen other kids do it. And then she did it another week. And then she did it a third week in a row. And then she did it a fourth week in a row. And now everyone knows the child that's causing this problem. So we're getting the stairs. And then she did it the fifth week. And then that was it. I thought for sure she wasn't going to do it for whatever reason that time. I think she had pooped on Friday. So I thought we were good for Saturday. And sure as shit, she pooped in the pool again. And I remember rushing in there, getting her out and running into the bathroom, locking the door and crying hysterical because I knew everyone was mad at me and I was humiliated. And I just thought like. We're, we're, we're quitting swim or we're never doing this again. And, um, I remember listening at the door with like tears down, going down my face, like, like I'm not going out there until everyone is gone, you know? And then finally, I think I hear the last people leave. And then I open the door and I crying to the staff and I say, I'm so sorry. We will not be back. I won't do this to you guys again. And, um, I know I get emotional. I tell the story a hundred times, but I still get emotional On the way home, I cried and I called my husband. I said, we're quitting swim. She keeps pooping in the pool and I can't figure this out. We're just going to quit. And this is like that moment that Nisi had earlier, right? When you're just in the throes of potty training and you just want to give up. And that's how I felt, you know, I was like, we're going to quit swim. I'm not doing the same. More. And then I thought about it and then I calmed down, you know, I kind of licked my wounds and I calmed down and I waited a couple of days to think about it again. Cause it really just needed a minute just to disconnect from the whole experience. And I said, she's doing this for a reason. I have to understand why she's doing it. Is quitting swim going to solve for this or am I going to get her potty trained?" And I knew in my heart of hearts, when I started on this journey, I'm like, There's no way this is not happening. I'm not changing the diaper of a five-year-old, 10-year-old, 21-year-old. She will potty train. I have to figure this out. Quitting the swim team is not the way to do it. Or Quitting the swim lessons. So I finally had this epiphany midweek and I said, this is it. So the next week we went back. And this time I go and I have my bathing suit on underneath my clothes. I tell tell the swim instructor because she only sees her thirty minutes. I'm with her all the time, so I know the face. You know she made like this face when she was ready to go. And I said, "Listen, I'm going to stand over here, and as soon as I see that face, if I think she's gone, I'm going to grab her." And that's exactly what I did. So as soon as the lesson started, she was playing, having fun. And I saw the face, and I didn't hesitate. I grabbed her. I ran her out of the pool. Ran into the toilet. Ripped her clothes off, right? Ripped her bathing suit down, sat her on the toilet. Nothing. But I knew she had to go. I just knew it. And I'm like, you know, you're not supposed to poop in the pool. You poop in here. And I bought her a reward and blah, 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 Get her all dressed, put her back in the pool. And like two minutes later, I saw it again. I ran her. And this time I oh, almost missed it. I ran her to the bathroom and she, two things happened that day. Number one, she pooped in the safety swim toilet instead of the, the, the pool and she never did that again. In fact, she was officially potty trained from that point forward. And had I quit swim, she, not only, I don't know if she'd be swimming today. I don't know if she'd even know how to swim at this point, but she wouldn't be on a swim team today. She's like one of the best swimmers on our local swim team. She, uh, is an amazing, uh, freestyler. She's an amazing breaststroker. And would that have been happened if I didn't have that experience and work through it? And that's just, just to show you guys, you know, it doesn't matter what your experience is. If you're consistent and committed, this, you you can't not win. Okay. All right. Thank you for your realness. No worries. I am a real chick. I am a real mom. I don't have props. These aren't my props. This is my real kid. Okay. Here are some of the moms that work with me. Hey, Michelle, I haven't been able to join that much on our calls. We have weekly group coaching calls. My program, I'm back at work, but I wanted to keep you updated. Sam is now pooped in the potty twice. So if you've got a poop with holder, that's what Sam was. Sam poops in the potty now. We still have a ways to go, but progress is progress. My other mom here, my boy peed in the potty for the first time this morning since beginning this program. That was within a couple of weeks for this mom. This mom here, I couldn't have done it with all the advice and support. This is... What it takes a tribe of people just getting your back, making sure that this stuff gets done. Which leads me to potty secret number two. The steps to potty training any child are the same. I'm going to say that again the steps to train any potty training, to potty train any child, whether they're on the spectrum or not, are the same. And here's my son, Cody, who's neurotypical. There was Julianna in her training pants and then him in his underwear, right? And I did the same exact steps with them. Potty training, I always say, is simple, not easy. What does that mean? Easy means something is achieved without effort, right? I don't have to put any effort to it. It just happens. Simple means that the steps of potty training are uncomplicated and easily understood, but it's going to require effort and commitment. Consistency and commitment, and these are just the signs that you need to know how to potty train. These are the steps to successfully potty train. Number one, they have to show potty readiness signs. I had a mom reach out to me, uh, with an 18 month old and wanted to potty train. We went over the potty readiness signs, we don't have them, so that's no problem. We can work on communication, right? The idea here is that don't set yourself up for failure, set yourself up for success. Is your child showing any potty readiness signs? And I will venture to say. A child three and up has potty readiness signs, even if you don't believe it. Potty readiness signs could be waking up dry from a nap or asleep, and it doesn't have to be consistent. It could be taking off a dirty diaper. It could be putting on a pull up to, to poop in, right? It could be uh, walking around the room in a dry diaper, and all of a sudden it's full. These are all the signs that the rate of high training, they just want. And I would venture to say, even if you didn't believe it, if your child is three and up, they're ready, okay? the number, the second thing you need to pie train a child is you got to be free of any gastro issues such as loose stool, diarrhea, or painful constipation. Now, when I talk about loose stool, like, listen, it makes sense, right? Why would we pie train a child who wouldn't have the nature's like, right. They don't have the reps like you and I do. Like if we ever had like a bad piece of food, right. Or we took, um, we took a, um, a laxative, right. You and I know the feeling of like, Oh, my stomach's and I got to get right to the bathroom. We're not going to hesitate because we've had so many reps over the years of knowing new nature calls. So if I have a child, that want a pie train and they're having loose stool all the time. It's unfair to try and attempt that because they don't have the ability to get to the bathroom exactly. Um, with all the reps and Experience that you and I have. So we want to solve for that first. And we do this in my program. We want to solve for that diarrhea. We want to solve for painful constipation. I'm not talking about run-in-the-mill constipation. Nine times out of ten, when we potty train a child, in the beginning, most children will hold and that causes constipation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like I can't pass it, I need some type of intervention to pass it. My belly's descended, my behaviors change. Um, they look like they're in discomfort. That's the type of constipation. So we want to solve for that first. We solve for that first, and then we can potty train. Hal has all the signs, but scared of the potty, but loves uh, uh, scared of the potty and undies, and loves her diaper. That's another thing we're going to talk about too. They have to be willing to sit on the potty. If a child won't sit on the potty, we call that potty phobia. And even if it's whether a phobia or not, that's just what I call it, right? So we got to run. We can't run before we crawl. We've got to be getting, we have to practice instructional control. We've got to get our children willing to sit, willing to wear the underwear. I wouldn't even say that too for her. I'd say we just got to get them willing to sit and then we'll take it to the finish line uh, from there. They can go commando for a minute, okay? The next thing is they need to be motivated to go and we do this with reward system. Next thing we need is a schedule to go. And this goes for all children, by the way, this whole list is the same for all children, not just children on the spectrum. They need to be told. They need to be put on a schedule of when to go. They need to be told when to go. If we're potty training, we're going to be committed to the process. That means no more diapers or pull-ups. Somebody said, I asked, a mom, i was talking to mom the other day. I'm like, all right, he's still in diapers. No, no, he wears pull-ups. I want everybody at just a half laugh for me. Cause I'm like, listen, it's a lateral move, honey. Uh, just because you ain't using the tabs and they're just going up and down. as the only thing you get shit and piss in it is a diaper. But if we start thinking that pull-ups is a step up, it almost gives us a false sense of confidence that we're on our way. I'll tell you something right now. Huggies ain't, 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 ain't trying to help you pie train your kid by making pull-ups. They're trying to sell more diapers. Okay? Then it, once we get going, we need reps of attempting to go. We got to get a lot of those reps in like you and I have, right? You and I already know the value is already built in to not wet my pants right here in my chair because I'm going to ruin my clothes. I'm going to ruin my chair. I'm going to have to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to have to clean up. Children don't know that. so we need, They need to have those reps to, to understand the value in going and the reps to hear nature call. And they need to be reminded when to go. And this goes for all children again. Like I still tell my eight, 10 year olds have been pie trained since they were three. Hey guys, we're about to go to the restaurant. Nobody's getting out of the, uh, getting out of the table. We go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom now. Why would we think that it's gonna be so much more like there should we expect something different for a child on the spectrum. This goes for all children. And number nine, they have to tell us when they have to go and or the child starts using the potty 100% independently. So if your children, this is all it takes. And guess what? This is the same list I'd have if I was was in a room with parents of of neurotypical toddlers. This is exactly what needs to happen, right? So the skills you need to pie train is number one, you need to be consistent. Number two, you need to be committed. Consistent means I'm doing it. I'm committed to this process. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to start and quit, start and quit. How many times have you guys started and stopped? And I understand. We're going to go over why that happens. But like, it's the, the, the idea here to see this to the finish line is I don't stop to like get what I came for. Number three, you need to be willing to clean up accidents. That's a huge one, right? I think sometimes I thought this too, like, all right, I'm just going to put her on the pot. And I'm going to, I'm going to have her go like every 10 minutes and we're going to be great. And then when she had a piss on the floor, I'm like, what? Like, I'm like shocked. Like, it's so hysterical, right? I have to expect this. Sometimes I have to just say this, like, listen, guys, It's not potty perfection. It's potty training, which means that there's going to be some mistakes made while we're potty training. And you need to be in a winning and learning mentality. I'll get, I think a lot of the times we start and stop because we think it isn't working or the results maybe aren't what we thought they'd be. And then we quit, right? That's the only true fail of an autism parent is quitting. If I always think like, well, listen, I did a three-day intensive and maybe they're not fully potty trained after it, but I got a lot of data, right? I go through my my sheet here and I got a lot of data. I know that he could hold for two hours and I know he usually poops between six and eight, right? I can look at like I'm failed, but this didn't work and quit, right? Because if you think you're a failure, who wants to keep doing that? Or I could say, oh, all right, I have data now. I can keep building on the progress I made, even if it was inconsistent progress. Inconsistent progress that is still attempted, that you're still committed to will become consistent progress. I guarantee you, as long as you don't quit. these are some of my moms. And this one was hysterical. She's on the left. Her name is Jessica. She's a bodybuilder. So for her to sit home and do an intensive, it was funny. And she said, one year ago today, she just posted this. I decided to give Michelle Rogers intensive potty training a whirl, And boy, was I amazed how quickly she learned how to go to the potty. No lie. By day three, she was trained with pee with no issues. We had our issues with pooping on the potty, but with continued guidance, we conquered it. I can finally say it say that my daughter is vocalizing after a year. She's fully pie trained. She can go. And I no longer have to ask. Just wanted to share with you all. Don't give up on your children. Patience is key. Consistency is key. Commitment is key. Um, but that's how my little girl got it done. And a big thank you to Michelle. And then this mom here, you were literally the reason I was able to potty train my four-year-old. And um, somebody said, oh, I need help with pie training. Um, um, and she's like, this lady, she has a pie training program for autism kids. And I swear it works. See what I'm saying? It's possible for them. It's possible for me. I'm no unicorn. I ain't no special snowflake either. There ain't nothing magical here, right? It's just a mom. That's just determined. I will not give up. I will not leave until I get what it came for. And that's what happened. And that's what my moms and my grandmas and my great grandmas. I got great grandmas in the program too. And this is Teresa. Her son was 10 In diapers when she came to me, she said my Ian was 10 and he's officially potty trained and two magical things happened. He watches videos of people opening and eating candy on YouTube. So we got a huge one pound peanut butter cup for Christmas and it was the perfect reward for potty training. He gets a piece of that peanut butter cup every time he poops on the potty. And for number two, we also implemented a token board system. And his reward was a local hotel stay with a swimming pool. And she said, bingo. When she presented that to him, he literally went into the bathroom and took a shit on the toilet. I love it. His teachers are just speechless because they've never seen such a quick turnaround in any of the children she's worked with. And I can't tell you how much joy, unspeakable joy, I have in my heart right now for all of us. A veil of depression that they didn't know existed has lifted, and I can see and feel more clearly now. Who would absolutely love this for their life? This program we put in place is so much more fun and affordable than any of the treatments I've paid for. Which leads me to potty secret number three. Now, before I even get into this, I want to ask you guys, I'm going to paint a beautiful picture for you. It's Sunday morning, and um, it's raining outside, so we're all going to hang out at home. And you wake up your little baby and you say, come on, time to get up. And they're in underwear. They spring out of bed in their cool character underwear and they run to the bathroom. And you see their little feet running to the bathroom and you hear them pull up the, 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 the toilet seat and they sit down and they pee. You hear their little pee going in the toilet. And you get up. They put their underwear on. They wipe their, to- wipe their bun, put their underwear up. They flush the toilet. They wash their hands. And they come out to you and say, mommy, daddy, grandma, grandpa, I did it. Or they're so excited, they're clapping. What would it be like if that was your Sunday morning? Tell me in the comments, what would it be like if that was for you? Heavenly. I love that. What a perfect word. I couldn't even think of a better word for it. Heavenly. Fab. Awesome. Phenomenal. Best day ever best day outside of uh, uh, birthing this child. Amazing. Everything. Heavenly and everything. Thankful. This is possible for you guys. I'm going to show you. Blessed. Love it. Beyond incredible. I love this. Happiness. My best words here. Heavenly, everything. Blessed, accomplished, happiness, This is possible for you guys. We're going to work towards it tonight. Okay. Accomplished. Love it. So now we're going into potty secret number three. You are your child's number one resource to get potty training done. You are the secret weapon to getting potty training done. I know what you're thinking. What? If I was secret wedding, it'd be done already. But here's the thing. You don't know you're a secret weapon. We're going to go over that in a minute. You don't need to be a a professional. Nobody knows your baby better than you. And I saw this mug in my doctor's office. It was, I think her developmental pediatrician. I'll never forget this. And said in the window as we were checking out, she said, please, it said, please do not confuse your Google search with my medical degree. And I laughed. And I told the receptionist to tell the doctor, don't mistake your 120 minute lecture for me living this life with this child 24 24-7. And how many times have you heard a doctor or a teacher or a therapist tell you something about yourself, somebody you know, or about your child and be wrong. You are the perfect person to teach them. Nobody's going to be more invested to see them win than you. No one knows your child better than you. You're in and out of doctor's office. They're in and out of school. They're in and out of therapist's office. Nobody is going to want them to win like you. Nobody's going to know them. That's the secret, man. Nobody knows your child better than you. You know their idiosyncrasies. You know their schedule. You know their habits. You know the things they love. You know everything about them. Having that skill is the secret. You are what they need. You are their secret weapon to getting this done. So if that's the case, if you're the key to getting potty training done, then why is your child still in diapers? And I want you guys all to quit. You all told me before what you've tried. There were potty stickers, potty charts, um, potty books, potty stories, sitting on the iPad, taking them at set intervals. Why do you think all the things that you listed that you tried hasn't worked? And I want you to put that in the chat. Why do you think that what you've tried hasn't worked? Not sure. He's complete. He's completely ready yet. That's why I haven't tried. Not sh- Oh, not sure. He's completely ready yet. So that's why I haven't tried because we gave up. I haven't been consistent, stubborn. I haven't been consistent enough, inconsistent. Ah, it's there's a lot of consistency is the word of the night because I keep stopping, singing stickers, toys. My daughter is stubborn because I get frustrated and I have no patience, not believing in myself. I wasn't constant enough, inconsistent. Wow, consistency is the number one tonight. I know time. I gave up. He gets up and runs away. Let me ask everyone who said consistent. Like, listen, if you believe that because that consistency is what it takes to potty train, then why haven't you been consistent? Tell me in the chat if you were one of the people who said you weren't consistent, and if you believe that that's the reason, then why haven't you been consistent? No time, no time for consistency. My depression, grieving, and not being consistent. We're gonna talk about grief in a minute, too. No time, time and patience. All right, for everybody who said that, okay? everyone who said that, if I told you, I'm going to cut, I'm going to come to your house. and I'm going to give you a blueprint. It's going to be an A to Z list of what, exactly what you need to do. And if you do everything on this list with all the time that you have, right? Like you have a lack of time. That's one of the biggest reasons why people are saying, um, that, that they're not consistent, right? So if I come to your house and I give you this blueprint and I send you off and I said, if you do this, if you follow every instruction, even with the limited amount of time you had, would you be more consistent? So put that in the chat. I haven't been consistent because he's four and gets upset sometimes when I put him on the toilet. Working mom spent weeks being consistent. She flat out refused and I lost motivation. Answer that question. For anyone who said they were consistent, yes, okay, here we go. If I came to your house and I gave you a blueprint and I said, you follow this to the T and they will be done in two weeks. They'll be done in a week, right? And you still have to work. You still have whatever amount of time that you have now. Would you do it? Could you be more consistent then? We'll start now. <laughs> Heck yeah, yes. Yes, absolutely. I would make it happen. Yes. All right. Awesome. So here's the secret. If, you, if I'm telling you that every child on the spectrum, no matter where they fall on the spectrum, can potty train, that the steps to potty training any child are the same, and that you are the secret weapon to getting this done, and you want to understand why it's not happening, here's what it is. This is what everyone was saying tonight. And I wrote this out before we came on live tonight. I wrote this out like a week ago. And these are some of the things that you guys said in the, in the chat. You said inconsistent. You said that he doesn't care if he's wet. You said they're stubborn. You said they want privacy. You said they're unpredictable. Somebody had said that they're too old or they're going to be going on too long, right? He's comfortable in his ways. She's just used to the diaper. Somebody said the readiness window passed, right? She's not ready. It hasn't clicked. Consistency. You see it down on the left, right? why you think it might not be working. And when you think those things, you think that maybe your child needs to be verbal to potty train. So maybe you start, think that, and then you stop. Or you might think that your child's too severe on the spectrum. You start, but then you see that, you know, you're not making the progress that you thought. Then you think about how they behave. And then you think that maybe it can't happen for them because of where they land on the spectrum and you stop. Um, You start and you realize that they won't sit. Somebody had written that, right? Um, uh, somebody wrote that in there and then you see like, I can't get them to sit. So they must, so that's why it's not, it can't work. Or you think your child doesn't care because if, when they're dirty and they're not interested in going, so that must mean that's why it won't work. Or you might be thinking your child will hold their pee or poop for hours until the pull up is back on. So they won't go. And that's why this isn't, isn't working. Or you might think you don't know how to teach a child with autism, the pie train, because you're not an expert. And that's why this can't work. Okay. We got a, little, got a little technical glitch here why it's really not working now i want to tell you what the real problem is this is what you all think it is here's what the real problem is potty training is optional in your home as long as the child has an option to piss and poop in their pants they will do it and that means that you're letting them have that available option to them and that your child it's not about where your child falls on the spectrum it's not about wit, you know, the, uh, whether your child can talk or not. Your child doesn't see any value in wanting to go on the toilet. They love the way things are now. And they're just following your lead as a parent. So as long as you think all of those thought errors, like from the, from the slide before, I actually call these thought errors right here. As long as you believe these things, all a belief is, let me just tell you something, all a belief like this is, is just a thought. And when you think it over and over and over, you start to believe it's like a fact. And then when you start believing it's a fact, then it's not really required in your home to potty train. And as long as it's not required, your child's like, great, because I like shitting and pissing in my pants. I don't see a reason to change. And as long as you're going to be not putting me to the test, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because this is cool. This works for me. But they're babies. They don't see why they need this one day. They think you're going to be here forever. And we know we know as their parents, we're not. And we know this is a critical skill they need that's going to walk them towards a life of independence. If they don't get it, it's going to be a huge problem. So as long as that we believe that they can't do it because of the autism diagnosis, then I'm never going to put them to the test. And I always say to parents, if your child did not have autism, no matter what age, 5, 10, 18, 31, would it be acceptable for them not to use the toilet in your home? Write that in the chat. Would it be acceptable if your child didn't have autism to still be in diapers today? No. No, no, No. Nope, that's right. It wouldn't. Why are you thinking that autism means less? I'm not going to say that there aren't different ways of teaching a child on the spectrum. Pied training isn't one of them, by the way. It's a different operating procedure because they speak more in behavior, especially if they're a preverbal baby. But guess what? So does a neurotypical ch- Toddler. A lot of them don't have a lot of language when they potty train either. I never saw autism as less. I saw it as different. I used to look at Julianne. I'd say, you know what? I'd study her. I'd watch her play with her toys. I'd watch her eat. I'd even watch how we potty trained her and how she engaged with it. I'd say, you know what? It's almost like her brain just operates at a different frequency. And if I could communicate with that brain on that frequency, I could teach it anything. And I had made a commitment from the get-go and she was diagnosed moderate to severe on the spectrum. I will not, under any circumstances, hence shitting in a pool four weeks in a row and feeling all types of whatever, that I will not have a child that doesn't use the toilet. And I knew back then she knew how to use the TV remote. She knew how to use the iPad. There's no way she can't figure this out. And I was committed. I was not leaving till I got what I came for for her. And that's because I never saw her autism as some developmental disability, debilitating disability that would make that not possible. It might have been uh, you know, a different experience, and I might have still, you know, you know, I, I, I had to get my reps in with it, but I was committed. I knew she could do this. And I need you guys to start believing that about your baby too. Okay. And as long as it's optional in your home, and you'll as long as you're get throwing softballs to your kids. They're not going to rise past the bar you set for them. So if the bar is set here, they're going to meet you here. And guess what? That's not an autism thing. That's a human being thing, right? As human beings, we, we want to do the least amount to get the biggest payout, right? That's all humans. So as long as you're not expecting much of them, they're just going to meet you where you expect them. And if you don't think they can get out of diapers, then that's exactly the life you're going to continue to have. Until I say no, I know you're in there. I know you're capable of so much more. I used to think, I don't know if anyone followed X-Men. I used to like the X-Men series. They talk about, in there is like a mutation, <laughs> right? X-Men were like the mutations of the humans, the next, uh, you know, uh, evolution. I thought, what if autism is that? See how that feels? Like, it's not a problem. I say mutation in a good way. If you didn't know what X-Men was, it was like everyone started having superpowers. Like they got to the next level of human um, like, uh, I forgot what to call it. Um, evolution and it was evolution. And and everyone started getting powers. And I was like, what if autism is a power? And I'll say it in that bullshit where my puzzle piece, you sure autism is a superpower. No, what if this is just another, another step in the evolution of the brain. And all we need to do is learn how to communicate with it. And she's learning everything my son's learning, including to be social. So if I believe that I show up a lot differently when it comes to teaching her something like potty training, and that's how you guys have to show up too. Okay. So if you're going to set the lead, if you're, they're following your lead. So as long as you think that autism is a problem, then you're never going to get potty training done. And When we think it's not really working because you have thought errors about your kid. And when you think bad things about the autism diagnosis, you have asked your potty training and you stop and start and you don't even attempt it. And autism does not make potty training your child more difficult. It's your shitty thoughts about the diagnosis that do. I always say autism is neutral. It happened to all of us, right? It wasn't like we had anything to do with it, right? The the, the diagnosis just landed, right? I always say there's the, the thoughts I have that I think are facts. And then there's real facts of life. Like we could submit to a court of law that all of our children have an autism diagnosis, right? That's a fact beyond our control. When it gets money is when they start having shitty thoughts about that. And that's when it gets, and that's when it makes things difficult. If you're the key to getting pie training done, then I need you to stop believing shitty things about your kids. And if your child was not on the spectrum, would it be acceptable for them not to learn how to use the toilet? Of course not. Fuck no. And this is where I want to lead right into our parent potty power mindset. And this is my beautiful Juliana. And what I want you to understand is how your brain works. And the gift of the pain and pain of human beings is we can hear our own thoughts. The pain is that most of us don't question any of the thoughts our brains present. And the gift is that we can choose what to get behind and what we want to toss. And this isn't my quote, but I absolutely loved it. It said, the mind is like a furnace. It can either warm your house or it could burn it down. And one of the things about me was that when I was, when, I, when, when I was a kid, I was really shy. I was young for my, the age group I was in. I was a, a fall baby and I was constantly picked on. In fact, I was picked on from starting elementary school till middle school. And every single day I'd come home crying and I'd say to myself, like, why isn't somebody stopping this? Why isn't somebody coming to save me? I visualized almost like a superhero swooping in to save me. And I I, I spent years thinking that up until middle school. And it was one of these usual days where I got picked on by this typical bully. And I remember thinking in my head again, like the the teachers are watching this. They're allowing this to happen. Why isn't somebody coming to save me? And something happened to me in that minute. And I said, Michelle, no one's coming. It has to be you. And in that moment, I was the first time I ever stood up to that bully. And he never messed with me again. And actually, after that, I had many life adversities. I had many obstacles. hit me head on but I overcame every single one of them because I knew that I had to be my own savior and when that happened I by the time I had Juliana when I was 35 I was like I'm so practiced in the identity of a master problem solver I can solve for anything that comes my way nothing is going to slay me so when the autism diagnosis came two years later I saw it like you guys did. I saw it as this dis- debilitating disability like that Rain Man movie, but even with that fear, I was so practiced in the belief that I could be the exception to the rule that by extension, my girl was going to be exception to the rule. And I'll never forget this. I was in I was in my office right after the diagnosis, tears running down my face. My mother-in-law came over and she's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not okay." But I don't know what we're going to do. But she could never have a better mother. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I said that in that moment, and I meant it. She couldn't have a better mother, and your babies couldn't have a better mother either. I just got to show you the way. You are their secret weapon, and I need you to start believing in what's possible instead of sitting in what you think they can't do, but stepping more into what they can and all I, all believing myself as this master problem solver and exception to the rule is just thoughts. I believe about myself, just like you believe maybe certain things that are keeping you stuck. I believe certain things that get me moving, that get me helping, not just my baby, but thousands of babies that I train hundreds of babies in my master class. And I choose to believe this about myself every day. That's why my girl is where she is today. And I assumed at the time when I went through this, that everyone had this evolution of life. Like I thought all parents thought like I did. And, but here's the thing. When I went out into the, to the special needs community, when we left early intervention and we went out, we went into, you know, she went into the 614, the most restrictive autism classroom. I saw that's not how most parents think. Most parents are grieving still. They grieve for years. They might even grieve to their dying day. And you say, well, how could they, you know, what are you talking about? Grief has to do with death of a person. No, it doesn't just have to do with that. We are all grieving the neurotypical childhood experience we thought we had when that diagnosis came. And here's the thing about grief. You go through five stages of it, right? I have it on my wall. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Most people don't get to acceptance. Let me tell you something acceptance isn't like a kumbaya love love fest hugging under a tree it's not like that in fact it's usually pretty sweaty and not and not sexy and kind of like you're grunting through it acceptance means you know what this isn't fair this makes no sense we never had history of this in our family had no reason to think this was going to happen she had language she was hitting every milestone and lost it i could sit in that shit be mad about that and here's my girl just waiting for somebody to take care of her now So acceptance is, you know, what it isn't fair. It isn't right. But it's what is. And when I can get into acceptance, I can start what I believe the sixth step of, of grief, which nobody talks about, which is creation. What can I make from what is? This is my hand. This is the hand I was dealt. I don't know why. I don't think it's fair. I don't think whatever, but how can I make something beautiful from this? And I went from being so pissed at God, thinking he wrecked this beautiful gift of a child to saying, listen, we don't have to like each other, but maybe you could just work in parallel with me, parallel play with me here, right? To now where I am, 100% believe that this journey was sent to me to heal my girl so that I could help many other families heal their babies. 100% believe that now. Although I wouldn't have wished it. I don't really like the, 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 the path. You know, there was a lot of pain. I, had hit, I took a lot of lumps becoming the coach I am today. But it made me such a stronger mother. And it, even all the pain that she's been through has made her such a strong girl. And I can't give you the path to potty training if you've already given up on a limitless future for your baby. We got to get you out of grief. We got to get you to let's go. Let's get to creation. And you can't change anything for your child if you don't believe that you can create change for yourself. I always say it's the invisible and billboard. And you know, when you're on the plane, they say, They're giving you the mask instructions. They make sure you put your mask on before you help anyone else. And the reason that is, is because if you don't put your mask on first, if you're dead, nobody's going to be able to help the rest of you. We've got to get you to the point where you are believing that you can create the change, that you are that secret weapon, that you are the perfect person to teach this child the potty train. I always say it's an invisible umbilical cord. And if it's garbage in, it's garbage out. And if it's good shit in, it's good shit out. And then once we do that, your child has no choice. When you raise the bar, they're not going to have a choice because the rules of engagement in my home is changing. So they got to meet me where I'm at. It can't be any other way. You can't change that autism is here. None of us can. But you can decide how you want to show up yourself and your child from this point forward. Only when you do that can you change the reality for you and the reality for your baby. What are your thoughts around your child learning to potty train right now? You can put them in the chat. What are your thoughts about your child learning to potty train? Do you think they're capable of potty training? Do you think you are capable of teaching them? Does autism mean diapers for life in your mind? Does autism mean cancer to you? Because it's not. It's not a death sentence. My daughter has autism and she's going to live an independent, amazing life. And she's not the only one. The kids in my masterclass are all going to live amazing lives. And the number one reason stopping your child from potty training is just your thoughts, which is amazing. It's an amazing aha moment because now I can change the way I think. And when I change the way I think, listen, you can go back and say, feel guilty. And you can go back and say, oh, this is all my fault. I don't, I don't do that shit because it's useless, right? I can't unring the bell, but if I want to hold on to that, well, then guess what? I can now take responsibility. I can take radical responsibility from this moment forward to get a different life and a different outcome, especially when it comes to pie training for my baby. And let me tell you something, pie training is such a, it's so funny that that became my, my calling card. Cause you saw what I told you about the poop story. And we had a UTI, we had to go back into diapers, she had to get over the UTI. And then we had a pie train all over again. It wasn't like a potty, you know, fairy tale for me. But what was so interesting about all of that is just, I was committed. I was always committed to getting this outcome. And that's what I need you guys to do too. And there's something about this. When our kids get this skill, it's like, holy shit. I never thought it would happen. I did what Michelle said. Oh my God, what else can they do? They've been in here the entire time, just waiting on me to step it up, to put them to the test. Amazing. I love it. I believe my daughter is capable, but it's continuing to keep at it added, even when setbacks happen. Yes. What if setbacks weren't a problem? One of the biggest things that happened in the autism community is they say regression is death. And I, I actually am starting to write a blog on this. Why is regression considered death? Because that was the first thing we saw. A lot of us had a child that talked and stopped talking. A lot of our children, a lot of our kids had pointing or eye contact and lost it. We automatic, automatically assume regression next to trauma right? Because it's what led us to the diagnosis in the first place. But what if regression is really just a part of life, which it is. All human beings have some moment where they can regress. But because we've connected it to this trauma, we don't want to, we think we can't survive it if it happens while we're potty trained. But what if that's just a part of the process? I have a mom that's in the program right now, and she got her daughter up to the point where she'd take her, every time she'd take her, she'd go. And I said, she's like, I'm happy and excited. I'm like, why? I'm like, not that you couldn't be excited and celebrating that. It's time to go to the next level, mom. She's got to start going on her own. And she started to have accents and mom's freaking out. She used to not have accents. Now she's having accents. Yeah. Because she got so dependent on you telling her when to go. And you got happy with that. You got complacent with that, right? The bar was set here and she met it and you were happy. Well, you tell the coach that, and I say, we want to get her as independent with this as possible. That means we got to take a couple steps back. That means she's going to have some accents because she's not used to feeling nature call on her own. She's used to mom telling her, but if mom quits, she's going to, you know what I mean? That means that she's never going to get what she came for. And that's why you can't think of regression or think of the, the stutter steps of progress as a problem. It's potty training, not potty perfection. I believe my grandson is capable and I just need to be too. Hell yes, Cheryl. Awesome. Alicia says, yeah, I know it's me, but I know I can do this for them. Yes, you can. And your thoughts are creating your current results with pie training. So just start, we got to just get you understanding your brain science, getting you that mindset support so that you don't think like this anymore. And you think only things that are going to keep motivating and pushing you forward. Your thinking needs to be setting yourself and your child up for success when it comes to potty training and presume competence. I always say to my parents who are really shaky on belief, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Here's your starting lesson. Presume competence. Tell me how that child can understand even if they're severely on the spectrum. Tell me how that child can understand even if they're not talking. Our thoughts have to be in alignment with the results we want for potty training. We don't, we can't say I'll believe it when I see it because that's the life we're living now, right? I'll believe potty training happens when I see it. No, no, no. I create potty training. I don't know. I mean, I may need some help with the uh, wall, with the steps, but I create it. It's going to happen. I'm getting what I come for because that's what I believe. You think about anything you've wanted in your life and you were so obsessed and possessed. You saw it. You said, Oh, I want that. I don't know how I'm getting it, but I'm gonna get it. And you didn't stop till you got it. That's how this has to be for potty training and communication and stopping problem behaviors. And all thoughts you think are optional. You get to choose your thinking to get new emotions, new actions and results. And I help parents like you to think intentionally to get the results you want for your child with autism. And it's not just pie train. It's pie train since the beginning. Pie train, communicate, stop problem behavior, social skills, not a alone, picky eating, you name it. And the results, when you work this, the child will be more compliant. You'll be more confident than you can, that you can teach them anything. You'll be less stressed. You and your child will have more freedom. Your child will be potty trained. Wouldn't that be an amazing result?